To another episode of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 22, and I'm Alex Beaudry. And with me for a very special episode, one of the first guys I signed is Mr. Clint Sig. Clint, how are you doing? Good, Alex. How are you, man? Hey, I'm, I'm not doing too bad. I'm not doing too bad. It's uh, it's like 45 degrees here today, which is for for February 1st is amazing. Actually, you can see grass again, so no pretty kidding. pumped. Me and the uh, the wife and the baby just went for a little walk. Oh, which yeah. We, we don't get to do that very often up here, not this time of year. So you put on some sunscreen? or <laughs> Yeah, the, the vitamin D levels are a little low, so <laughs> got to be careful with that for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm pumped to have you on today. Um, we're just going to kind of shoot the shit a little bit, talk a little football, and then let people know who you are and why they should pay attention and remember the name. So... First off, uh, what'd you think of the games this past weekend? We got a Bengals, a Bengals Rams Super Bowl. What'd you think? Man, I gotta say, I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan now. Like, I wasn't really before this game. I guess I just didn't really know, hadn't been paying attention. But that dude, it's unreal. I think I saw a stat. Nobody's won the Heisman and Natty and a Super Bowl in the span of like three years or whatever. So that would be pretty, pretty insane. And I really like the dude. He's just a humble guy just a natural leader and a cool guy. So, I mean, I got to say, I'm rooting for Joey Butter in this one. <laughs> Joe Shiesty. He's the first uh, number one overall pick to make the Super Bowl in their second season. Nobody's really? ever done that. Well, and you think took of, them from, you know, four wins or whatever, and then a blowout injury to where they are now. That's pretty remarkable. Well, I know the thing about that. You talked about his achievements. You know, he wins a national championship, drafted number one overall. Now he's playing in the Super Bowl, and he did that all with missing – a ton of time last year with that ACL injury. Right. Most of the season, didn't he? It was like probably the first half that that happened, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I would love to see the Bengals like go out and actually get him some help on that offensive line because uh, even the even against uh, the Chiefs, he was, he was running for his life quite a bit. Um, yeah. Well, in the previous week, I think he got sacked, what, seven times, was it? Or was it nine? Yes. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a yeah. lot. More than you'd like your franchise quarterback to be taking hits, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. That guy's icy. Where, where, where were you uh, checking the games out? Um, let me think. It was called Rock Top, kind of like uh, in you know in Scottsdale. They've got all kinds of really good places to eat and like cool little places to hang out. So it was like a rooftop, like bar patio brunch area where they just had the games playing and everybody was kind of just hanging out. So nice. Um, yeah, and then on the other side, you had the uh, you had that crazy Rams 49ers game, you know, episode three in that saga. Um, I'm you know a lifelong Packer fan, but I'm super pumped for Matt Stafford. Like yeah, that guy, that guy had to endure you know a decade plus in, in the wasteland that can be Detroit. I yeah. think they made the playoffs once in his tenure there, and now first year out in LA, they're already playing for a Super Bowl. So. Yeah, and he's a good quarterback, a respectable quarterback, and just a, an overall good guy, too. So it's good to see this finally come to fruition for him. And then it's kind of cool. I, I'm rooting for Odell as well because I think he kind of got, you know, strung through the ringer there a little bit um, in New York, not in the fact that people didn't respect him. But I think when he was getting upset about them not winning, people kind of took that the wrong way. And he was always productive, always. And then he's coming off an injury as well. And then, you know, his time with – with um, the Browns was what it was. 
Um, but it's good to see him making plays again. And then Vaughn Miller, because I'm a Broncos fan, so it yeah. kind of hurt to see him go. But there's no bad blood there at all. All the Denver fans still love him um, and everything. So, But, yeah, I want to see him win another one too. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, well, and Odell, uh, his value, I mean, he his agent's just got to be thrilled, smiling ear to ear. You know, you're in a contract year. Not only did he get, like, a cool $750,000 bonus for the Rams making the Super Bowl, um, you know, he's only 29 and going into his undrafted free agent year. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's grinning ear to ear right now because he kind of had a, f- I would call a lackluster time in Cleveland. Yeah, um, very lackluster, yeah. And now now he's showing that he can be the old Odell, at least to some extent. So, yeah, they got to be just super pumped with how that's going. Yeah, oh, yeah, he'll definitely earn every penny of this next contract because he's definitely um, shown that he can bounce back from that. I don't know that it was him or that it was – just the offensive system there in Cleveland or, you know, I don't want to blame Baker or anything, but just something wasn't clicking. <laughs> something wasn't man. clicking. And yeah. you never know. There's two sides to every story and the truth's probably somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, but whatever it was, they didn't seem to be getting along very well. And now that he's gone, he seems to be much happier. So yeah, we'll LA see. is the perfect place for him too. I think I saw on Twitter, somebody said, they better not let Odell score in the Super Bowl or he'll be performing in the halftime show. <laughs> well, it's a good halftime show, shoot, a good halftime show too. You got Eminem and Snoop and mm-hmm. uh, that's a pretty big card. Yeah, they're they're advertising that big time too. Like I saw they had a bunch of commercials for it on like this last weekend on those playoff games and stuff. So it should be pretty hype. Well, I'm a little bit older than you. That was like I was part of that like suburban, you know middle-class white kid who just loved everything Eminem and Dr. Dre and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, so, me too. I'm the same way. Yeah, my dad had a, a uh, it was actually a Slim Shady and Dr. Dre um, CD that he would play on our drives and stuff. And so I was cultured to that at a very, at a very young age. <laughs> your parents were a little cooler than mine. I had to kind of... Uh, <laughs> I don't think my mom knew about it, but my dad definitely <laughs> let me listen to it. My parents are like uh, your classic 70s and 80s hairbanger and rock. So I had to kind of sneak in the the, the yeah. urban rap, as the, as the white kids call it. But yeah. that's, uh, that's funny. So I'm pumped for that halftime show. It's probably like the first halftime show I'm actually pumped for. Yeah, I don't even remember what they did last year, but I'm pretty sure it was kind of weak. And then I think the year before they had, um, man, I can't even remember. Halftime shows have been so, like, not memorable for me. So hopefully this year will be a little better. But then again, halftime show, it is what it is. I like the commercials for the Super Bowl. Those I always get a kick. The, the, the problem with the commercials is I think they've hyped up the Super Bowl commercials so much. Yeah. That like my expectations are so high that like it's been hard to be like, oh, that was a really good commercial. Yeah, um, yeah, that's facts. I like the uh, like, and some of them have a clue, and some of them don't. Like some companies, the one company that like, I think it's like Seat Geeks or whatever that just shows like the butts talking through the pants. <laughs> that one's so stupid, but like the progressive one where it's like we can stop you from becoming your parents. I always think that one's hilarious. Those like, ones are good. Uh, talking about the parking, and they're like, so yeah. we're good to leave at the third quarter, right? And he's like, let's not talk about leaving before we get to the game. <laughs> what's what's sad and funny all at the same time about those commercials so like i just turned 32 i got two kids of my own i've had half of those conversations and it's like oh god i'm officially the old guy now you know (laughs) you gotta gotta get a pair of uh, nike monarchs or new balance the dad shoes yeah you gotta get those they're 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 already on way on the way from amazon Got grass stains on them yet from going along (laughs) those are from those are last year's model next year's models are in the mail (laughs) uh yeah it's too funny man um you know, speaking of Baker, his commercials aren't bad. 
Um, yeah, I like those where he's like cleaning the stadium yeah. and like all that. Yeah, those shooting the shit with the uh, with the old ladies, you know, like yeah, talking about their kids in tennis lessons and things like that. Yeah, those are yeah, no, he's those funny. are pretty good. He's a character. <clears throat> um, so you mentioned you're you're a Broncos fan. So the hot topic here in Wisconsin is you know we get to live through the Aaron Rodgers drama for another year. We went through it with Brett Favre, and now it's Aaron's turn. Mm-hmm. Um, Denver seems to be. Like going all in on Aaron Rodgers, they hired the Packers' offensive coordinator uh, Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. Um, what do you think about that? Would you like to see Aaron in? Uh, in I'd love to, Orange? and I don't want to talk bad about the Broncos' quarterbacks the past few years, but I don't think there's been a standout or a guy you can build the franchise around for sure. And I don't necessarily know that you want to, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a guy you want to come in and build the team around now because I think he's kind of towards the end of his playing career. I might be wrong in that, but. Um, man, we'll take him and all the drama he wants to bring, which I don't know if he's a dramatic guy. I don't follow it that much, but we just need, I think if he was calling the shots back there at quarterback, we'd have a, a good chance. Because we have a solid defense, and we've got some some pieces to the puzzle at receiver, like Cortland Sutton's good. Tim Patrick um, and Jerry TJ Judy. Miller. Yeah, TP's good. I didn't really realize he was that good until I picked him up on fantasy last year, and he started producing really well. But, yeah, and then um, – you know Melvin Gordon. They've got they've got the pieces. I feel like so. I th- I think it would be good, a good situation for uh, for Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver. Do you think uh, Do you think Aaron Rodgers was salty at all that they drafted Jordan Love? A couple that's of years all. That's ago? that's the that's the whole reason this started. As as yeah. soon as, well, and it's weird, right? Because Aaron went through this with Brett Favre. He yeah, he was he was, he was Jordan Love. Shoot. You know they yeah, exactly. they draft a guy in the first round. Brett got pissed about it because the thing is like when you draft a first round quarterback you got to see if the kid can play you're not going to just let him sit there and leave right so aaron knew that okay once they drafted jordan love my time here is coming to an end and -hmm. if it's going to end i want it to be on my terms which is why he tried to get traded last year unfortunately for him like and you'll find this out athletes in the nfl have no power it's not like the nba where when someone demands a trade they can get traded i mean teams have pretty much all the power when it comes to your contract um so he's stuck in green bay until green bay decides it's time for him to go but i I, i've been saying on this podcast with my co-host mike that i think I think the Packers will trade it because they shortened trade him. They shorted shortened his contract, so he's he's only in contract through twenty twenty two, and you can't let a guy like Aaron leave for nothing. Right. Um, so this, yeah, and you got to figure out if Jordan Love can play. So this will probably be the year they deal him. Well, deal him over to the Broncos. We'll take him. Yeah, I, you know I really like what the Broncos have done too. You mentioned the receiving core. I like what they've done on defense. I mean, Justin Simmons is a stud. Yeah. Uh, they brought in some good corners. Um, I like the way they've built that roster, and I think you're you're a quarterback away. No offense yeah. to Teddy Bridgewater or anybody else, but you get a guy like Rodgers, you're an immediate contender. The problem yeah. for you guys is you are in a tough division. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. I Her- Herbert Chiefs and the Chargers, Chargers the, the Chiefs. Are even looking good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know uh, there was there were rumors last year that you know Russell Wilson wanted out of uh, Seattle. And one of his teams was Vegas. I mean, could you imagine that division? That'd be a tough division, man. Mahomes, yeah. Herbert, and uh, and hopefully Rodgers. Yeah. Then, um, who were we just talking about? Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russ, yeah. Wilson, yeah, Herbert, yeah. Mahomes, and Rodgers. I mean. Yeah, that, that'd be, be tough to beat. 
And then you have the NFC South with Brady retiring and I don't yeah, even know. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> interested to see if Gronk's done too. I imagine yes, but he hadn't said nothing yet. So he he had originally come out and said like if Brady retires, that doesn't mean anything for me. And then like two days later, he said, um, "Yeah, if Brady goes, it's going to be hard for me to come back." So, which makes sense. I mean, he's done everything he needs to do. <laughs> well, and he already he already retired once, you know. Right. Yeah, that was funny. Remember, he pulled the old fake retirement when the uh, he was going to get traded to the Lions. <laughs> Yeah, he said, I'm not going to Detroit. And Gronk is um, hilarious. I mean, that's the only he is. First of all, Gronk is hilarious. Like, I feel like so that he's that's just him. I feel like he's himself at all times. Yeah. Um, but that's like the one card he could pull, right? Because he didn't have a no trade clause. So they're like, all right, you're going to join Matt Patricia in Detroit. And he's like, mm, no, no, I retire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I think that's what Rodgers would do because he doesn't have a no-trade clause either. But if they sent him to, like, the Jets and he would just be like, mm, no, I've had a good yeah. career calling it quits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so who do you got? Who do you got, Bengals or Rams? I got Joey B. I got the Bengals. So um, about a month or two ago, we were kind of running through the NFL. And at the time, it was when the Cardinals were still, like, 8-1, and 9-1. and one. And me and my buddy Mike were going through it, and I was like, I think the Cardinals are going to run away with this division. And then the the Rams and the Cardinals played that Monday night, and the Rams beat them, and then Arizona's fallen off the wagon. So since then, I've sworn not to pick against Sean McVay and the Rams. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, He's a damn good coach, and it seems like they've got everything rolling over there. Cooper Cup's obviously producing insane every game. Yeah. I mean, But the Bengals' defense gave up, what, three points and a half to Kansas City? Which is amazing. I think yeah. um, the big thing for the Bengals is they got to keep Burrow on his feet, and that's easier yeah. said than done when you're playing against Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller and those guys on that defensive front. So it'll yeah. be a good game. I was really happy that the 49ers didn't win. Uh, one, because I'm a bitter Packer fan, and two, I just feel like like their style of football is like to try and win like 14 to 10. It and, is, yeah. Oh, they just pound the rock all game and then go play action and. Um... And George Kittle fits in well with that offense, but I feel like he could really be producing if they gave him the opportunity to. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, he'll probably get that next year with Trey Lance. I'm sure they'll air it out a lot more because oh, yeah. I'm sure Garoppolo's on the way out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's probably true. So, um, all right, well, that's enough about current NFL. Let's talk a little bit about let's talk a little bit about you. Let's let people know, know Clint. So um, you did a podcast with – um, who'd you do that podcast with right before the showcase, the Gridiron Showcase? Uh, it was with like it was like it was sponsored by Frogfield, but it was with CGS through um, man, what was the guy's name? Uh, not Mike Riddleman, but uh, I'd have to look. But it was uh, I, I can link the podcast too. But that yeah, that we went into you, depth there. That was right before that Gridiron, that College Gridiron Showcase that I yeah, went to. That was a that was a really good podcast on. Um, like kind of your collegiate career, and I don't really want to rehash all of that, but I do want to talk a little bit about high school. So in high school, you were an all-state quarterback, correct? Yep. QB, yeah, those, those were the glory days, man. The QB yeah, chucking it around. Yeah, what was it around. what was the recruiting process like when you were coming out of high school? Um, so it was it was different for me. I I had toured. Um, or taking my official visits to, because I think you only got five or whatever at the time. Um, Davidson, Sioux Falls, 
And I think I had one more, but it was during basketball season, and my coach was being weird about it and, like, was didn't want me missing, which is fair, didn't want me missing games. So I only got to take the two officials, but it was a lot of um, Division two schools offering me full scholarships like Sioux Falls and um, oh, what's the – CSU Pueblo had offered me a full scholarship, which would have been a really cool experience to go there. And then, like, Southwest Minnesota State. So a lot of um, schools in the Northern Sun Conference and then also in the RMAC. Um, and then I had gone to camps to play quarterback at, like, CU, CSU, Wyoming, kind of the local ones. Um, and they all said, if you're willing to be listed as an athlete or play another position, we'd love to, you know – either whether it's preferred walk-on or give you some money, but if you're going to stick to quarterback, all you can be is a preferred walk-on or, you know, so I was like, all right, well, I want to play quarterback because at the time I really didn't consider any other position. Yep. Um, and so that kind of X'd a lot of those schools off my list right there that weren't willing to let me at least try at quarterback. Um, and so I ended up at, uh, at Davidson in North Carolina. And it's funny actually, cause they were, bottom of the pack like bottom of the barrel when I had first got there they I think we went it was either one in 10 or 0 and 11 my, the first year there and now the last two years they've won that conference and been in the FCS playoffs so um but yeah so I, I ended up going to Davidson it was a cool experience but um yeah so the, in terms of recruiting it was mainly um all division two schools and then a few FCS schools that were um not in like high power FCS conferences but still played good football so when you uh, when you were recruited out of high school, did you always have the intention? I don't want to call it the dream because every kid dreams of making the NFL. But right. like when you were recruited to Davidson, Sioux Falls, kind of your FCS Division two type schools, were you playing football just because you loved it? Did you always think like I'm going to end up in the NFL? And and the reason I ask while you're thinking about your answer is I did a podcast a while back with a guy named Neil Stratton, who runs inside the league. And his philosophy is that every kid, at least at the FBS level, doesn't matter what school you go to, number one or number 114, they all believe they're going to get drafted someday. Yeah. Um, and I'm just trying, I'm just testing that theory out. What, what, were, what was your process like when you were coming out of high school? Did you, did you always think you'd be here getting ready for pro day? So I was committed to, from the jump, I was committed to fulfilling my football potential, which in high school I could tell was at least to be a standout college player. And then when I made the transition to tight end and put on, you know, 20 pounds in one off season of like pretty much just muscle and got faster and stronger, I was like, all right, this is something that can be um, like, I can definitely do this now. And then just seeing, um, you know, watching watching games and watching tight ends, like man, I could do that. Like I'm just as good as that guy. And so once that, um, you know, it's it's all about confidence. I feel like, and especially uh, my sophomore, junior, and senior year when I really started to excel. Um, you know, you just, you got to believe that you're the best on the field um, when you're out there playing. And I did 100. percent And then you know, you see your Division two teammates who are getting drafted in the third round. Like I played with Trey Pipkins, who's now the left tackle for the Chargers. Like I blocked with him. Like our combo blocks on the front side of zone and stuff, oh, we would take guys and just bury them. Take them for a ride. Right. But then, so him and then um, Dennis, who, was, who played linebacker at Sioux Falls with me, he, you know, got picked up by the Cardinals and has been there for three years. So it's like you see these teammates that you're 
you know, you're at their level and you see them go and you're like, all right, I can definitely do this. So for me, it wasn't like I was coming out of high school saying I'm definitely going to get drafted, but it was like, I'm committed to fulfilling my NFL potential or my potential as a football player. And I believe wholeheartedly that that means that I can play in the NFL. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so you mentioned coming out of high school, you had, um, really no interest, um, in being an athlete or, you know, switching to another position. Mm -hmm. Um, how did that, transition take place because obviously you're now tight end and uh you you mentioned bulking up and uh you know you're probably going to be in the nfl as a tight end so how did that how did that mental switch happen yeah so i was at davidson and you know every every, whenever when anybody who you know had a standout high school career has to red shirt obviously they're antsy to get back on the field and so and at davidson they didn't really have a red shirt system it was four years and you're out of there so um, you know, midway through that, that first season, when I was like, man, first of all, the, we're not doing well and I'm not starting at quarterback. Like I want to get on the field. Cause if I got four years here, this year matters. So I want to get on the field. So I switched to tight end then. Cause I was like, I'm better than that guy. Like I can get on the field now. And I remember I had, I had called my parents the week of and kind of told them like, Hey, I just switched to tight end. I played really well. I have like a play package in this next game. So like you should watch cause I'm going to play quite a bit this next game. And they're like, well, don't do that because it was already halfway through the season and I was already kind of planning on transferring. And if I would have got on the field then, it, you know, I would have burned that year. Lost that year, yeah. So um, it was at that point I kind of told coaches, hey, I'm planning on transferring. I, I don't want to play, but I'll still, you know, play scout team or whatever for you guys. And then I started like just bawling out at tight end on scout team. And I was like, all right, this is, I think this is my position. That's really fun. It's going to allow me to get like as big and gain as much weight, you know, good weight, obviously, as I want. And it's going to suit me physically really well. And it's going to, you know, it's I'm going to have a blast doing it. So after that season, I, um, I had called up coach Stugart at Sioux Falls. I was like, yo, I switched to tight end. I know you guys got the all American quarterback there, but I want to come. Cause I know I'll be able to get on the field. He's like, yep, come on. We still got your scholarship. So, so when you were... where I wasn't about to let myself sit any longer than I needed to in college because I knew I was good enough to be on the field. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So when you were walking around uh, as a quarterback, um, you know, you mentioned you put on 20 pounds. Were you 220, 225? Like, what were you walking yeah, around 215, at? 215, 220. And then, um, and then this, the winter of 2015, 2016, when I got into that Sioux Falls strength program, it was insane. We were just like the workouts we did so we we did something called stud it was squat till you drop is what it stood for and so it was all front squat which you know how front squat is like nobody likes front squat no they suck you can't do as much weight (laughs) you can't at all and so and our our sets were 10 8 6 4 2 1 and then our last set was 20 and the set at 20 was the same weight that your set at 10 was and so for a lot of guys that was 225 and after that, it was like you, everybody was dead. And then just so that whole summer was or that whole winter and summer, but that whole winter was just insane workouts like that. Plus, I had all you can eat at the calf, obviously. And so I put on I was up to 240 by spring ball and it was good weight. Like I was a good 240. So, yeah, that was that was when I was like, all right, this is going to be good. Is that and that's so you're walking around 245, 246. Is that mm-hmm. easy to maintain or is it or yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's i don't unless i'm like coming i remember after my surgery it was hard to maintain that weight 
even eating all I wanted to, you know, you lose a little bit of that muscle and so mm -hmm. you lose some of that weight. But like right now with how good I'm eating and how much I'm lifting, it's it's easy to gain or maintain that, that weight. That's awesome. You know, as a civilian, as a non, you know, my, my, my athletic days ended in high school. Um, it's always crazy to me, like watching like offensive linemen, they mm -hmm. either like blow up and get extremely fat or like Mark Schlereth, like lost 60 pounds. Joe Thomas right. for the Cleveland Browns lost like 60 pounds. Like as soon as those guys stop eating like that, that's so like true. the weight just falls off. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I feel like with those guys, like you said, they never just stay how they were in college. Like they either have plans to lose a bunch of weight or they just eat the same and don't work out and they just get <laughs> fat. But like, yeah. it's insane. I've seen some crazy transformations of dude, dudes who are like 350. 190 200 of just rocked up muscle and they're like oh i'm just waiting for football to be over it's like holy cow like it, yeah i think uh a lot of people sometimes have the wrong perception that offensive linemen are just the big you know the big fat guys at the front those yeah. guys are stud athletes who oh, yeah you know they're probably walking around like 15 20 percent body fat which is like an average american except they're 320 pounds right insane that's like uh the trey pipkins i was talking about who plays for the chargers now i remember we'd play a lot of pickup basketball like five on five at the uh the it's called the stewart center which is like the usf court or whatever and i would always have to guard him in the post and like dude just was a freak like athlete at you know whatever he was three he's probably he's probably three bills at the time but yeah those those guys aren't your average human beings and people who think they're fat obviously don't understand football <laughs> no 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 absolutely not that's that's wild so um, let's fast forward a little bit. Um, and again, if you guys are interested in more about Clint's collegiate playing day, I would encourage you to check out that CGS podcast. They did a really good job and they went into a lot of detail. Um, but let's fast forward to this past year in Lindenwood. So you Davidson to Sioux Falls to Lindenwood, correct? Mm -hmm. yep, uh, correct. And you guys had, for a Division II school, you guys had an amazing team. You guys had three players down at that College Gridiron Showcase. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, me, Grady, and uh, Knox, David Knox. Yeah, our yeah. Line, and Grady was a safety. Yeah, it's it's not easy to get noticed at the Division Two level, and you guys had three guys, so that's it speaks to the talent on your team. Um, but as the season's going on, um, what 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 did it look like? From uh, did you have agents banging on your door? Was it quiet? Like, what what was your experience like going through this last season? So it was a little quieter um, than I had initially expected. This summer, um, I had kind of gotten banged up a little bit and I had some pretty bad uh, like ankle issues, you could say. And so I didn't really practice at all in fall camp and I was kind of down. I was like, man, but you know, I wasn't about to let my senior year go to waste. So um, I wasn't as productive as I could have been had I not gotten kind of banged up this summer and not wasn't really able to practice. but. Uh, I was still somewhat happy with the production I did have, and I think I still showed what I needed to. Um, but I think there's a lot that people didn't get to see, and so that's why I'm excited for this pro day and kind of some of the workouts, hopefully. Um, but in terms of agents banging on my door, not really. There was some guys who, you know, after after the you get mentioned first team all conference or whatever, and then get invited to a couple games. There's some guys that'll like slide in on Instagram and Twitter, but a lot of those guys, it was you know, and I'm sure they're busy, but it was, they hit me up and then set a meeting and then don't follow through with the meeting. And I've heard, I was asking my coaches, like, what's the deal with that? He's like, that's just how some of these guys are. Like, that's why I want you to have them contact me before you sign anything. 
I was like, all right. So I was kind of waiting through that. And then when you hit me up and actually called on time, I was like, all right, this is already starting off way better than the experience that I've had so far. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're at least the second player that has told me that. And it's, um, it's interesting, I guess is maybe the nicest way to put it. Um, because if you're initiating as the agent, the contact and someone says, yeah, let's talk and you blow them off like then why why initiate the conversation it's it's yeah. it's kind of weird but um i've noticed that other agents aren't good at getting back to people um you and i've talked you know or texted trying to find you some some guys to throw the football around and run routes with and stuff and i've reached out to a couple different agents and it's just it's hard, crickets. It's hard to get a hold of those guys yeah, yeah. And, and it's like um how hard is it to give me a call back and either just say like hey we're not interested or like, let me talk to my guy, like something, right. but it, that's it, like, that's like business networking, just like etiquette one-on-one too. Like say you're not interested. All right. Hit, hit me with a quick DM or like a quick text. It's not that hard. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's like, it's kind of etiquette, but it is what it is. I, I, yeah. And I, I, like you said, they're probably busy. Um, you know, a couple of these agencies were, you know, on the larger side, they, they got plenty of clients I'm sure they're taken care of, but, um, you know, you would have, I would have thought it would have been beneficial to their guy as well to, you know, whether he's a corner and our tight end to get some work in and yeah, you know, it is what it is. Their loss. And luckily uh, you were able to make a connection down there and we'll, we'll, we'll get that taken care of. But it, I have noticed that about the industry that it's hard to get people to respond, which yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm new. Hopefully I don't turn into the old guy who's, you know, turns into <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to turn into the guy who's shooting out DMs <laughs> and then blowing people off. <laughs> yeah, they'll be talking about me in a podcast three years from now, you know? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, that's just not my style. It's not that hard to give someone a, a call back. Yeah. 100%. Cause you know, I've had, I've had a bunch of players reach out to me, you know, guys who are not getting noticed that are looking for an agent and it's, it's not that hard to give them a call back and be like, look, I'm sorry. I, I can't take you on right now. Or, you know, have you tried calling this person who seems to be taking other people on? Like, I'm happy to point you in the right direction if I think it'll help you. So right, exactly. it doesn't, doesn't seem that hard. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that because, um, you know, obviously I'm going to be honest with you before uh, probably December, I had never heard of Lindenwood. Um, mm. And I found you because you were invited to the College Gridiron Showcase. And what uh, turned me on to you was the fact that not only were you invited to the College Gridiron Showcase, um, but you were in the, the large school side. So, and, and the best team on the large school side. So for those of you listening that don't know, uh, the college grader and showcase has a small school showcase for guys like Clint, who went to a small school, FCS school, division two, II, division three. Um, but then they also have, you know, where they have all their FBS guys. Um, and that's, even though Clint went to Lindenwood, he was invited to, you know, play, he was playing with guys from Utah, Rutgers. I mean, um, big division one power five schools. Um, and that's where, that's how I found you and noticed you. And I was like, I got to talk to this guy and ended up working out. So what was your, what was your experience like down in Fort Worth down at the showcase? Oh, sweet, man. The best thing I took away. Well, first of all, I made some really cool connections with, with guys, you know, cause you're just sitting at the table or eating or whatever it is. And you kind of start shooting the breeze with some guys. And it was, it was cool. I made some good connections that I, I still talk to these guys on Instagram and stuff, but um no it was good to to play against top level competition like you mentioned and see that i'm neck and neck and right where i want to be with those guys um so that was really encouraging and um yeah like you said we were literally the the first team the wranglers who's the first team the first team defense was like big names guys and big name schools like houston uh you know 
uh, Florida and like all these these guys. I was looking them up. They were like first and second team all conference in the you know the SEC and 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 those big conferences. Like all right, just I'm gonna see if what I'm about here. And it was I mean. At the end of the day, football is football, and uh, and yeah. I was really happy with how I performed out there. And so, um, it was it was a really good experience to get out there and do that. And I was super psyched that they that they had found me because, like you said, not a lot of people really know about Lindenwood or um, or whatnot. So yeah, uh, well, you you definitely earned it um, and deserved it. So I'm glad you got down there. Your time there was cut a little short. You got a little banged up. Yeah, um, I had a really really good solid. Um, first day and uh did really well in one-on-ones did really well in seven on seven it was cool I had the quarterback well, it was actually a couple different quarterbacks but um I think it was the play caller who like just liked me or whatever and so every time I would be up he'd be like all right let's go trips bunch a uh, wide release seam and like whatever other routes I was like, I bet he's like you that cool run a seam catch a back shoulder I'd get up a couple reps later, be like, "All right, same thing." I'm like, oh, sweet, this guy likes me. <laughs> and then he uh, he saw me again in the like the we were probably at the thirty yard line. He's like, "All right, we're gonna go two by two vert." And I was like, "Oh, this is money. I'm really good at feeling out zones." And so they played like a really wide cover two, and so I like bended it way out, way out, and kind of pressed that safety out and kept him honest out there, and then kind of bent it back in. And the quarterback saw exactly what I was doing and plugged me for a touchdown. So. I had a really good first day and then we were doing um, nine on seven, like the inside run drill. And uh, I was like a, the fullback. So I was next to the quarterback and like an ISO run play. So I was fitting up the linebacker and I went and stuck him, fit him up. And then just the, the play was coming towards me behind me. So there's obviously guys falling kind of into me and I got my ankle rolled up on, um, but it was fine. I, uh, I was able to finish practice and cause that was before seven on seven even, but I was able to finish practice and then after practice, like, all right, I know this is going to swell up and kind of be a little bit of a, a little bit of an issue tomorrow. And then I woke up the next day. I was like, you know, I called you and I was like, yo, I don't know um, if it's going to make a lot of sense. If I already had a really good day to go out there and limp around, you know what I mean? Um, and so we had ended up making that business decision. But all in all, I was really happy with how that went down there. And um, like I said, made a lot of good connections and had a blast. So it was just good yeah. to play football again, too. So. Yeah, and the reason I brought it up because I know you're doing fine. You're 100%. So anybody who is, you know, out there wondering, yeah, the ankle's fine, just a little tweak. And yeah, we yeah. didn't want to one, we didn't want to leave a sour taste in scouts' mouths, and two, um, doesn't make sense to re-injure it. Not when we got bigger things planned. And, right. and and it helped that you had a really good first day too. I mean, if you would have, if you'd have came to me and said like, look, man, I left some out there. And I'm not real happy with my performance. I think we probably would have had a, maybe a different discussion. I wouldn't um, have even called you at that point. I would have been yeah. taped up and ready to go. I would have had a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but luckily you you balled out and um, yeah, um, you know that's the other thing too that I think is um, as I've gotten to know you and and watched your highlight tapes and and listened to you talk, I think the the one thing that teams will be really happy with is you're kind of like an under the radar athlete, if that makes sense. Um, you know, you mentioned feeling out zones, playing quarterback, I think helps a lot with that. You kind of understand defensive schemes and where you fit in. Um, but like the back shoulder catches, the body control. I mean, I watched a whole three minute video of you catching the ball with one hand because you had a giant ass club <laughs> on the other. Um, I think your athleticism is a little bit underrated. And I think teams, once they get their hands on you are going to be real happy with that. I agree too. That's why I'm excited for this pro day. And then, you know, I'm really excited to hopefully do some, you know, individualized workouts with some different teams and then just get into camp and show what I can do. That's the biggest thing is just going to be getting into camps. Cause once I'm there, I, 
you know, I'm pretty, hopefully I'm pretty confident that I can, uh, make a good impression. So, yeah. And I'm, and I'm pumped for your versatility too. We, we got you taking some long snaps. You can fill in, in a, in a pinch when you need to there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're willing to do the dirty work on special teams and yeah, teams are going to be lucky to have you. And we've already had a few that have reached out to you. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what are we up to now? What do I got you doing down in Arizona? What's what are you what are you spending I'm your at, days doing? Uh, Neuroforce One. Uh, it's a combine prep uh, program. They more uh, more recently have kind of got into the realm of combine prep for football players, and they also do a lot of fight camps for professional fighters, so UFC guys, Olympic wrestlers, um, you know, Bellator fighters, and so it's been cool because those guys are just a different breed, like just savages, like. Uh, the, the guy whose camp is there right now, Kelvin Gastelum, if you follow the UFC at all, you know that name. Yep. Um, but so he, he's doing his camp there and, and they, his fight, his card is in April. And then the Korean zombie, who's another savage UFC guy is there. Um, you know, I met a, a Olympic gold medalist today, just there like doing his thing. So, um, it's cool to be around top level athletes and top level talent and still getting the individualized training that I get. Cause it's me and Sherrod one-on-one with each other every day, um, getting better. And, uh, no, it's a, it's a killer program. And I've, I've already in the last two weeks gotten so like so much stronger and faster. Like yesterday we were doing, um, we're in the, in the strength phase right now. So we're loading up pretty good. So yesterday I was on the safety squat bar, which I don't know if you've seen, it has like two giant yokes and then yep. the bar like curves over. That's kind of like what a lot of facilities and teams have now. But so I had, um, four and a quarter on that and was doing eccentric reps down. I was like, dude, I feel great. So Sherrod's got me right out here and, um, we're going to transition from strength into, um, a little bit more power than in the next two weeks. And then the last two is going to be speed. So once we put it all together, I'm excited for how it's going to, how it's going to kind of show on pro day. Yeah. I mean, um, so I found those guys because I am such big into the, um, I'm, I'm a huge UFC fan and the, their previous, uh, general manager and owner was on, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with Henry Zahudo. And, you know, I always had this vision of working with a gym like them because I love how into the data they are. Mm. They're tracking and measuring everything. Um, I feel like, and you would know this better than I would because you've lived in locker rooms, but I feel like football is a little bit behind the times. I mean, maybe it's just because they're training, you know, at the college level, you got 100 guys or at the pro yeah. level, you got 50 guys. But I just feel like there's so much more sports science that football specifically could get behind. Yeah, and I, and I and I love what these guys are doing, and um, they've rolled the red carpet out for me. Um, hopefully, they're doing the same for you down there. No, yeah, <clears> um, it's, it's top level treatment, and yeah, to your point on that, um, I think college football programs could benefit from a lot more technology, and I think you're starting to see that in top level programs. You know, with all the data they collect, and they've got their guys and everything, um, and then it kind of shows negatively on the smaller schools who have guys that are just burning out through workouts and then getting, you know, preventable injuries. Um, that's, you know, it's hurting them and hurting the team just because they don't have that data. But yeah, the, the, um, the scientific approach is really like every day when I go in there, we'll check my resting heart rate and HRV through my whoop band that I wear and it tracks my sleep and gives me an exact percentage of how you got yours on too. Yeah. Yeah, so you know about the whoop, but yeah, so that and uh, they took like my 
resting metabolic rate. Um, and I'm working with Jen, the nutritionist. And so, um, yeah, I think we've got science on our side right now for sure. Yeah. 100%. And there's, um, there's another gym that I've, that I talked to that, you know, one day I'm going to want to get, get you out there as well. It's a place called P3. Check it out, Clint, or go back and listen to my podcast with John Flake. Um, they do a lot on the, um, like motion sensor side. So they like hook you up to a whole bunch of motion sensors, kind of treat you like a Madden video game. (laughs) And then they do a lot with like the NBA, but what they can do is after you work out with them with these sensors on, they can tell what specific movements you're really good at and what other movements you're at a high risk for. So for example, um, if you do some exercise a certain way, they can tell if you're a high risk for like an ACL injury or yeah. like what they were able to determine. They, they worked with, I don't know how much you follow the NBA. They were able to work with uh, Luka Doncic yeah, yeah. and they were able to figure out like, Hey, Luka can stop better than almost anybody. When I had John on the podcast, he said the only person who could stop better than him was James Harden. So you think about that in the context of those two guys' games, like Luka's can drive and pull up. And while he's going up, the other guy's still moving forward. Um, so like using that technology, um, one of these weeks, uh, whether it's this year, maybe next year in the off season, I'd love to get you out there and let them get their hands on you too. Cause I think just the more data you have, so like what you're doing now, you're preparing for your pro day, they're going to have you in the absolute best shape ever. But then once we get into like OTAs and stuff, like what physical traits can you use for to your advantage to help you not only make a roster, but thrive. And, you know, then the sky's the limit, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love, I love what these two gyms are doing and I couldn't be happier with NeuroForce one and how they've treated you. And I saw you checking around a medicine ball yesterday. How much that thing weigh? Oh, that thing is a 20 pounder. It was uh, me and Shroud were having fun with it too. And he was like, dude, you're launching this thing. I was like, I know he was like, I'm going to go get a cat who works at the front desk. And she said, so she took a video of it and posted me. I was like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. And then you had the rock in the background rapping. So I know. I he he is- texted me. It was funny. Sherrod texted me. He was like, Hey man, I was asking, no, he said, you like tech nine. So I just found this song. I was like, dude, let's go. I love it. But then nine. it wasn't tech nine. It was Dwayne Johnson on the bus. I know he put the rocks <laughs> verse on it. I was like, man, if, if rock gets featured, you got to put his as the, as the clip sound, but yeah, that was great, man. Because I, I knew I saw another interview where you were a big Tech Nine fan, which is funny because that's another guy of like more my era. He was big when I was in college. He is because um, yeah, a lot of like you know my my friends who are you know twenty four, twenty five, and then my friends' dads like Tech Nine, but like my teammates and stuff, even the ones from well, not the ones from Kansas City, but like the ones from St. Louis, they're like, no, we don't know. Like, what's Caribou Lou? I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Caribou Lou, man. They're drinking and they're not paying me for it. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was my jam back in. I think I was probably a freshman in college when that song came out. Yeah, that song's timeless because we still we still bang that one around these parts. Well, that's good. It's good to know that I'm not like completely out of it. I I'll never forget when I was like officially old. I was I had to be like 27 or 28. Me and my wife took. Um, we went to a Wisconsin Badger game. And her cousin at the time was like, they were like 20, 21. So they all came to our hotel room. You know, we had beers for everybody and they had control of the music and it was Fetty Wap. And at the time I had like no idea. And like all these college kids are just like blaring, you know, singing the songs. I'm like, who is this? And I was like, yeah, oh, God. Fetty Wap was big for about three months. Well, for about half a year there. And then he major fell off. But, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm officially the old guy. I don't know any of the new new acts. 
Um, that's all right. It's hard to keep up with. There's a lot of new artists right now. I don't even really keep up with all like all the artists, but it's like a full time hobby if you want to be really in tune with the music now. So I just listen to my Spotify playlist. That I it changes play. so much, you know. Yeah. It changes so much. Um, all right, so uh, we got your pro day March 25th. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Missouri. Yeah, it's on a on a Friday. I'm gonna be out there for it. Um, shout out to Missouri, uh, the University of Missouri for having us because that's going to be a great pro day to be at. They got um, they have a really good team. They got three or four guys that are going to go in the first couple of days of the draft. Um, so there'll be plenty of scouts there to get us noticed. And once they get their hands on you, man, I I got all the confidence in the world that we got big things ahead. I appreciate that, man. I do as well. I'm stoked. So and then so, I was going to ask you too. I, I can text you this too. But do you know if current quarterbacks can throw it a pro day because like my guy at lindenwood cade who's an all-american and everything he's an hour down the road so if i can bring him up i will but if not it's not a big deal um so normally that answer is yes right because it's not um you're not always going to have like if i don't know like university of wisconsin their quarterbacks a sophomore or junior they're you're not always going to have a starting quarterback who's a senior so i think you can have whoever you want throw you the ball um the one question i would have since it's at missouri and not your school, are they going to be okay with having you bring someone to throw you the ball, or are they going to want one of their guys doing it? That would be the only question I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, so before we, uh, before we leave, let's, let's figure out a little bit about Clint as a person. So, like, what do you, what do you like to do? Do you like to read movies, movie guy? What, what's, what, what gets you going? So I specifically don't like to read. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, um, I won't bring <laughs> I, you any books. I, I should like to read more. I need to, I need to read more, but, um, I just, I don't know, but I like watching movies. I'm huge into, um, all things like true crime. That sounds like very trend before it became cool to be into true crime. Like I used to watch forensic files like years ago, but that okay. horror movies, funny movies, um, um, and I like hunting and fishing. I'm more of a fisherman than I am a hunter. Um, but so we open water or, uh, well, like yeah, you're, you're, I'll do anything. So, uh, we got the place in Minnesota. I think I told you about it, but we've got a cabin in Minnesota. So we catch a bunch of walleye in Northern and, and largemouth and smallmouth up there. And then like, when we go down to Florida, we literally pick, we pick our family trips based on where me and my dad can go fishing while the girls can still have a decent time. So like last, this, um, this past December, we chose, Fort Myers, Florida, which is like a inshore saltwater fishing hub. And me and my dad found this, I actually found it on YouTube, but it was a, it was kind of like a, an overpass where like the ocean drained into like a Creek and dude, we caught big snook every cast. It was unreal. But so I'll, I'll, uh, inshore saltwater fish. Um, I'm not a great fly fisherman is the one thing I'm not great at. Um, so, um, so you mentioned like walleye, largemouth and stuff. So that's speaking my language here in Wisconsin, you know, same with Minnesota. Yeah. We got lakes everywhere. Yeah. Um, are you doing it in the summer? Or are you doing it sitting on a bucket on the ice? No, I've never been ice fishing. I feel like Don't I'm go. not even a, yeah. It's no, stupid. It's, it's the it's dumbest. Weird. Well, so if you're, if you talk to an ice fisherman, like they, they live for it. I just think yeah. it's the dumbest sport. So I'm an outdoorsman myself, but like sitting over a whole like just like waiting for a tip up to go up and then pulling a string out of the water just isn't fun to me. Um, it's, I will tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a cult though. Like 
if people are listening to this that love to ice fish, like they're going to come after me. Like they love, like uh, people who love ice fishing, love it. I just never got into it. You got to love it. If, Cause the amount of preparation they do to set up the radar or whatever, set up like a heater in your ice shack, set up your ice shack, get all your stuff out there, put get all the, the auger, in put the hole yeah, in the all water. That, like the amount of effort you're putting into like maybe catching a fish, but I, mean, I, mean, gotta, I I've never done it. So you I gotta know how deep the ice is. Cause then you gotta figure out if you can put your truck on the water or not. And like the amount of people right. that send their car through the ice every year is ridiculous. It's way more than should ever happen. Dude, I don't know. Would, oh, just never I, did it. That would piss me off if I put my truck through the ice trying to catch a fish. <laughs> oh man. Um, even even fishing, I'm more. I like to catch. Um, oh, yeah. So like, if you bring a cooler like with a thirty pack of Miller Lite, I can have a good time. Um, yeah. But like pure, like a pure fisherman, uh, I'm much more of a guy. I like to sit in a tree stand and hunt a deer than uh, than fish. But I'd, I'd rather watch a bobber, even if I'm not catching anything, man. As long as I'm watching a bobber and I don't even have to have any Millers or anything. That's how that's how much I like fishing. I mean, obviously you bring a thirty rack out there and it makes yeah. it more fun. <laughs> I have shot one mule deer in um, in Colorado, and that was a really cool hunt. It was like right in the foothills of Colorado. And if you've seen my Instagram, you've seen it. But that was the first deer I shot, and I liked that because we had, you know, venison. That's deer meat is venison, correct? Yep. yep. Yeah. So we had super healthy meat for you know months after that. So that was cool. But yeah, I'm um, I'm trying to get out your way uh, in Wyoming. Uh, for an elk hunt, I've been applying for like the last three years for preference points, so I can do an elk hunt out there because um, that would just yeah, be a blast. It's like, it's like hitting the lottery when you finally draw that elk tag. It's not many people get to do it, so that's pretty no. cool. No, I guess the section that we were trying to do it was trying to do it, um, like if you did it for like three years, you were supposed to have enough points, and then they just switched it, so it's going to be another couple of years before I do it. But I want to get out there before my old man gets too old because he's going to be well, – his birthday was yesterday. He just turned 59. And like, I mean, he's still in great shape, but like walking through those mountains and then if you shoot something, you're, you know, carrying that on your back and yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not easy. So I want to get out there before he gets too old. Definitely. So what else? Anything else? Uh, You do anything nerdy? Like I'm a big nerd, like Avengers, Harry Potter. See, and that's crazy because then people hate me for it, but I can't stand like Star Wars, Harry Potter, even like Lord of the Rings, I literally could try and watch a movie and I just like, I just, I fall asleep or like I'm on my phone or whatever. I just can't do it. So I'm definitely not. And I don't like any of like the Captain America or Marvel. Like I should show you my, and my roommate's the exact opposite. He, he's got a replica of the Thor's hammer. I'm looking at it right now. Like he's got all this cool stuff. And maybe I should have signed your roommate. <laughs> yeah, for real. I know. But one of those things I never got into. And, uh, yeah. I would say what I am a nerd for is, um, so anything financial but specifically um stock and options trading so derivatives and stuff and even though that's uh uh it's almost just a like gambling it's (laughs) it it, is uh, legalized gambling it's pretty much is what it is but um there's a lot of indicators and stuff you can follow and so i think once i've got disposable income to be able to play around with i'd like to really get in tune with that and Cause there's a lot of day traders and stuff that claim to make money. And I think some of them actually do. And the vast majority are either 50, 50 or losing, but yeah. to be able to master that art and make money, not really doing anything is a level I want to get myself to. But um, a couple thoughts on that one. Um, one of these days I'll introduce you to my friend, Will, uh, the guy's a genius is, well, his dad did it and you know, um, they do all that stuff and listening to him talk it'll make my head spin it'll probably be right up your alley mm-hmm. um 
he's got a lot of thoughts on it and you know where everything's going and yeah he'll he'll talk to you for hours on that stuff yeah, that'd be um, sweet. I love talking about that stuff. You should definitely connect me because yeah. it's cool. I was, so I was just having lunch with Zach Miller at, or not lunch. We had tea, but oh, coffee, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, I was telling you about Zach Miller played yep. for the Seahawks for nine years or whatever drafted out of ASU is like a pretty high draft choice. We So he now works for a, a wealth management, a family owned wealth management firm. And so we were kind of talking about it. He was saying some pretty high level financial stuff that I think he probably thought would kind of fly over my head. And then we started talking about it more and more. And he, he could tell that I was in tune with what I was saying and I understood what he was saying. And so we had, we probably talked for like an hour and a half just about that stuff. So it's cool to be able to get on the same wavelength with some of those guys who are successful at it hundred percent and, uh, and talk about it. So, but yeah, that was, that was cool being able to talk financials with that guy. Cause he was, he was saying that, you know, obviously he's got a whole bunch of money and he signed a $35 million contract. And if he would have understood how to make it tax advantaged, how to um, do all this different stuff, he said he could have preserved so much of that income that he ended up, you know, losing for one yeah. reason or another. Well, and it, it puts you at such an advantage. I mean, I don't think I need, I don't, I don't think I'm going to break your heart by saying this, like playing in the NFL is so hard and the average career is only four years. And exactly. you know, Zach had a phenomenal career at nine years. I mean, think about that. That means you'd retire at 33, 34. Yeah. Um, so to be able to leverage that money, um, it just puts you above your peers because most don't, most are excited and most people have never made that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad how many guys go broke um, as soon as their playing days are done yep. and now you got to get a real job and that's no fun. And, um, yeah, being able to understand that and leverage it, you know, I, I take the stance that I, I don't want to deal with my client's money. Um, I think that should be separate. Yeah. Um, but even then you got to find a good financial guy that you trust and you're going to listen to mm-hmm. and there's good and bad ones. And, um, so it's, it's good that you've got a hand in that and can understand it and probably have some yeah. thoughts around it. So. Definitely. Once I make the money, damn sure I'm not going to piss it away. I'm going to manage it and make that last. So. Well, even Gronk, who everybody thinks is kind of like the big lovable, you know, oaf, he he said that he's only spent his rookie's salary. Yep. Every yep. penny he's made after that, he's stashed it away, and you know, brilliant, brilliant move for a guy who's made as much as he has. And it's funny how you like you said they do make him look like they just make him look dumb sometimes. I think like. Uh, you know his uh, USAA commercials. Yeah. He's like, "What's your number? 87. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or, or you know, they they show him living in his mom's house. Ma, get the get my football yeah. pants. Where my you football know? pants? Oh, that T-Mobile commercial that had me rolling last year. Where <laughs> like the phone cuts out. He's like, uh, "Don't be a wuss. Don't re- come out of retirement." <laughs> that was funny. But um, but no, yeah, Gronk is like super smart with you know, how he spent his money and then how he's done his endorsements. And like, yeah. um, I think he actually had, uh, what's it called? Insurance for, it was like injury insurance for like his last year of college. And then he ended up getting hurt or whatever. And he could have cashed that out for, I think, $4 million right then and there. So like the fact that he even was smart enough to like have that put in place, obviously he it was a good thing that he didn't because he ended up making way more than that. But like the dude's smart for sure. Yeah. Or, or he has really good people that he listens to, and either way, that makes him really smart. Because way, a lot yeah. of people have good people that they don't listen to, and that makes you 
just as dumb as if you didn't have people in place, right? Exactly, yeah. So, um, well, this was uh, this was awesome. I could probably sit here and shoot the shit with you for another couple hours, but uh, my son's got sports tonight, so he's three. Right. We get to go to the What's YMCA. He basketball? Um, so he does like a sports sampler class. So he does okay. uh, like they did football one week and they did soccer. This week I think is baseball. Um, yeah, which is dangerous for the parents because you give a three-year-old a baseball bat, even like a little foam Watch one. Out. Yeah, those yeah. things are flying, man. You got to keep your head on a swivel out there. That's um, You're starting them young. Dang, three years old out there. Huh? This, awesome. is our, this is the second year doing it. We did it last year too. Um, you know, a lot of times calling it sports is questionable, but at the right. same time, like it gets him out of the house. He's running. Yeah. And any, he's so he's tired. And then any hand-eye coordination I'm all about, like start him as young as possible. I want him to play as many sports as possible you know if it's if he plays football great if he plays tennis awesome like i'm just a big i coached girls basketball for 10 years i'm just a big fan of sports and what they teach you as a especially as a young person yeah um it, it the lessons are forever so yeah i agree with that 100 percent all right, man. Well, this was great. I'd love to have you back on. Maybe after your pro day, we can update people uh, how that went and where we're going and all that good stuff. And I really appreciate your uh, your time. Yeah, that'd be sweet, man. Let's do it after the pro day again. And I appreciate uh, you having me on, man. It was good um, shooting the breeze with you. And uh, we'll obviously keep in contact. And then you said you're going to come out here in, what, a couple weeks? For Yeah, 10 days. I'll be out there on or February 9th or 10th. Yep. Uh, I'm going to yeah, I'm coming down to visit you for a day. I'm going to check out Air Force One. We'll go grab a bite to eat. And then actually the next day I'm heading up to Denver. I'm going to hook up with Elijah up there. Um, his training facility is at that Lando, which I think is probably pretty close Lando. to where you grew up, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good um, facility up there, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a mock pro day with – they have, I don't know, 15, 20 guys that they're training. Uh, oh. But they're going to do a mock pro day, so I'm going to go up there and catch up with him. And, yeah, a little whirlwind trip out in the West Coast, but it'll be it'll be good. Yeah, that'd be sweet, man. Um, if people want to follow you on Instagram, Twitter, um, we're trying to beef up that profile, right? Um, so it's Absolutely, yep. And uh, actually, I was talking to um, Brian today from Neuroforce One, and he said they're having, like, the specialized videographer come in and do, like, a featured film on me this next week. So that'll be on my Instagram. Awesome. But Instagram is Clint Sig, at Clint Sig, and then Twitter is at Sig Clint. And SIG is S-I-G-G. S-I-G-G, yes, sir. C-L-I-N-T-S-I-G-G. Awesome. Well, if uh, and if you all want to follow me on Twitter, um, Impact Sports. Um, Instagram's Impact Sports underscore football, I believe. Um, and then my Substack channel's Impact Sports Management. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks again to Clint. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. <laughs>